Cool. All righty. So here we are, episode three. Uh, Zachary Brown from the last episode got a got a lot of uh, a lot of good comments from your episode, Zachary. So very well done, sir. Thank you. Pleasure to be back. Um, and we've got uh, one of my best mates in the world, Finley Hayhurst, and also uh, NFT expert. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> um and uh basically this episode guys we're just going to be talking about everything nfts for all of those people who don't really know what it is or how to how to you know make some money on that or you know just just everything and uh zach's done his own independent research finley's basically been being paid to do research for the last three months uh, on NFTs and has made some uh, some very nice profits. Uh, being a graphic designer himself, the, uh, the space really interests him. Is that correct, Finley? That will be correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we've just been going a lot of back and forth and since since our chat last week with Zach. Um, he was like, "We need to do one with Finley." I'm like, "Yes, yes, we do." So here we are, lads. Here we are. Let's come together. Um, so just to get it started for, you know, those who are listening, who just do not have any idea what an NFT is, Finley, would you, uh, would you break that down for us as a first easy question? Um, sure. It's a very kind of complicated issue. Um, I guess from the base layer, I mean, you get the classic, oh, you're just buying a JPEG. Um, Mm -hmm. I I guess you are, you're literally buying a, a JPEG, um, but obviously being a non-fungible token, it means that it's kind of like a, it's a verified JPEG. So it's a one of one. You're the only one in the world that's got that token that can be verified. Um, and it, I guess it holds more than, than what you're just buying in the sense of a JPEG. There's other, uh, a lot of the other successful kind of launches around the world, there's a lot of kind of, I guess, collateral linked to it. So you're getting more benefit than just buying a JPEG, um, whether that be like royalties or whatever. But right. yeah, it's exciting. It's an exciting time because there's a lot that can be done with NFTs mm-hmm. and the blockchain. And it's not like instantly liquidable as an asset, correct? No, it's a fairly liquid asset i guess at the moment because it's so popular it's more Mm. liquid but um i I guess like the market it does go up and down um but yeah right now i guess but like now in in terms of like you know people can buy bitcoin and zach you might want to weigh in on this um people can buy bitcoin and you can just immediately sell it uh for you know um or you can immediately exchange it sorry for you know us usd or anything like that um being a non-fungible token zach do you want to break in the economics for us sort of breaking that down a little bit um like in regards to the liquidity of it yeah 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 um because sure, sorry, sorry sorry just because i've heard some people be like oh like I've, I've bought this like um where's where's my fucking money basically okay yeah i i i think finley would have been be a bit more well placed to answer that question but i'd, I'd mm. have to assume that and this is just conjecture because i've mm. i've never really delved into the nft space i've delved into the cryptocurrency and like decentralized finance spaces but I, i'd assume with an nft most of the time like when you're buying them or purchasing them rather it'd be for the two 
purposes. One, like Finley said earlier, sort of that verification, that clout that comes alongside owning a certain NFT, which yeah. has its chain of ownership. And the second one, just hoping that it's going to appreciate in value and then selling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think that lack of liquidity is just part and parcel of the asset itself. Right. Whereas with cryptocurrencies, obviously there's a lot being exchanged at any given moment and you can exchange them through um, just your classic exchanges such as like Binance or SwiftX here in Australia. Or if you want, you can move it onto those more decentralized exchanges like your pancake swaps and all those sort of things. Mm. But with um, NFTs, I'd assume there is a lot less not traction but there's a lot less people who may want to exchange any certain nft or purchase a certain nft at any point but that's Mm. just an outsider looking in so finley what do what do you think about that yeah i think uh, obviously with like uh even bitcoin and stocks like it's there's always got to be a a buyer like if you're trying to sell somebody's got to be on the other end wanting to buy for the price you're trying to sell um Mm. but with nfts obviously because it's relatively new um i mean 99 percent of the world you ask them what an nft is they don't know um and then the other one percent will probably just be like well i'm buying a jpeg so there's not many (laughs) there's not many buyers but i guess right now in the whole grand scheme of nfts it's definitely there's definitely a lot more people now than there was I mean, I've only just got on it the last month or two. So it's been around for about three years, but there's a lot more buyers now. So it's a little bit more liquid than it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point. And I saw a statistic in uh, a bit of my previous research I did on, you know, NFTs and most of them uh, uh, traded on OpenSea. That's correct, isn't it, Finley? Yeah, so OpenSea is like the main one uh, for Ethereum. And now there's different ones popping up for um, all the NFTs on the different smart contracts and the different blockchains. Right, interesting. Um, Sorry. But yeah, go, go, Zach. I was going to ask, do you know if they have um, any on the the Binance smart chain at the moment? Yeah, so there's, Hmm. I've actually, the, the one I've got that's kind of, linked to the Binance one is called CryptoZoo um, mm-hmm. and they've got their own token that's obviously you buy on the Binance smart chain um, which I mean all these one, different ones are popping up obviously because it's cheaper for the buyer to buy in gas prices so on the Binance yeah, smart right. chain the gas prices are a lot cheaper than what they would be on Ethereum. Really? Why, why are the yeah. gas prices a lot cheaper? Um, so basically the way Ethereum and Bitcoins were built, they weren't built for such high traffic. Um, Mm -hmm. and they also weren't built to be kind of like a, um, a stock market. So they've only got, so Ethereum. Well, wait, sorry, sorry. I'll, I'll track back for those that have no idea what we're talking about. What, what is actual gas pricing? Okay. So gas price basically is you're paying the fee for all the computers around the world to verify your transaction to make sure that you've got the money. So your transaction is bouncing between different computers that are approving 
what you're trying to buy, whether you've got the money for it. And it's actually, I guess, legit. So it's doing what the mm-hmm. banks would do, I guess. Right, right. So you're, okay. you're paying the people to approve the transaction, basically. To, to approve the transaction. And yeah. Okay, interesting, interesting. And this um, and the gas pricing within the Binance uh, chain, I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly, but I'm just saying it anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> is, is a lot cheaper than, you know, the, uh, I don't know what the Ethereum chain is, but I, I'm guessing that's blockchain or whatever. Yeah, so um, back to what I was saying, the Ethereum smart chain can only handle 20 transactions per second the bitcoins a a lot less five transactions per second Mm -hmm. um so basically what because that's such a low number whereas something like visa is sixty-five thousand per second i think so what what that causes is what they call gas wars so if you were making a transaction orlando and you Mm -hmm didn't want to pay much in gas prices. So you set the low amount. Um, mm-hmm. That would obviously be less of a priority than someone that came on. Like if I came on like a minute or two later and put a medium or high gas price, mine would end up going through before yours, even though you had done the transaction before. So it's whoever's paying the most money in gas is mm-hmm. going to be put through in that block of 20 first. Right. And Zach, are you are you aware of any like sort of regulations around that? Because that sounds like something that could be easily exploited. Um, gas gas prices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like gas pricing, anything like that. Um, I'm not aware of any regulations. Um, I, I don't. It's all these decentralized uh, blockchains. Like that, it, it's just part and parcel of actually running the chain. Like you need to pay these gas fees to ensure mm-hmm. that all the nodes that are verifying that transaction, putting it in the block can actually verify it and keep the blockchain running. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't think it's too much of an issue, like especially if you just sort of conceptualize it as GST as you would have in like a normal transaction. Oh, you, I get it, yeah. Yeah, you just, you, you always have to pay that gas um, yeah, it, it's just how these blockchains run. And like Finley said, the more transactions a specific blockchain is able to run, the lower the gas fee is going to be. Like on mm-hmm. Ethereum, I think if we want to run a transaction, um, it's normally, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe like 80 bucks Australian, but in ETH. Easily, yeah. 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 But on Binance Smart Chain, like if I want to exchange some like pancake swap tokens for whatever, say not Solana because it's not on that chain, but some other token. Mm. Um, I think it's like, it costs 0.0013 Binance Smart Chain coin, which ends up being like 15 cents just to put it in reference. So the same transaction on an Ethereum Smart Chain, which costs 80, will cost 13 cents on Binance. Hmm. Yeah. And the other thing on that, um, the thing you're seeing now that's coming out is all these um, blockchains, obviously the, the popular, the more popular NFTs are getting, the more you're seeing like Solano have just came out. The reason they've got so much traction is because their gas prices are the lowest due to the mm. fact that they can handle, I think it's 70 or 75,000 transactions per second, which is even more than what a Visa oh, transaction yeah. is. Mm. Um, but now you're seeing like Ethereum announce 
probably like a year ago now and they're still in the process of bringing it out i just read about it last night ethereum 2.0 yeah so they're really they're updating their smart contract to be able to handle 100,000 uh transactions really? per second when's yeah. that when's that projected to launch um obviously with the blockchain there's no <laughs> official date um, yeah but they released like the first stage i believe at the start of this year or mm. at the end of last year december 2020 um and they're hoping to uh bring it out by uh 2022 i think okay. but that's subject to anything in the blockchain yeah and yeah just something else i'd like to touch on while we're here discussing this and i have to clarify with you too because my knowledge on it is a bit shaky mm-hmm. but with with the blockchains and verification there's a couple of different ways that can be done so i think on the uh bitcoin blockchain it's proof of work is sort yeah, of yeah. as a yeah that's the consensus mechanism and then on ethereum is it proof of stake or is it still proof of work um i think it's proof of work but i think 2.0 is gonna change it to um proof of stake yeah and then solana which is the blockchain we were talking about earlier, which can run upwards of 70,000 or whatever it is, transactions a second. They've come up with like an innovative new one called Proof of History. Mm. So they can, it's uh, actually, all right, so just sort of to bring it back to make it easier for the listeners and please chop And for me, please, I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what's this proof on. of stake, proof of what, proof of bullshit business? Go on. Okay, so... <laughs> So when when, uh, you're validating a transaction on a blockchain, there's Mm -hmm. a consensus mechanism that that is used on a blockchain to ensure that that block fits with the last block. And so just like a very brief rundown and Finley, feel free to interrupt, please. If I get Um, anything wrong. You know more on this subject than I do. You're teaching (laughs) me right now. Okay. Um, So in a block, there are like three identifiers. So yeah. a, a hash identifier in a block in a blockchain, which is just a certain number, um, mm-hmm. the hash identifier of the previous block, mm-hmm. and then all the transactions in that certain block. So what happens is those three sets of data make up a block. And then if one of those sets of data doesn't correlate with the last um, block, then that block can't exist. And that's when you know that the blockchain's been sort of fiddled with which is another topic which can go on for ages right but in creating that block there are consensus mechanisms to ensure that that block's correct and they're called proof of work and proof of stake and so what proof of work is is say on the bitcoin blockchain whoever has the most computing power will mine a block and they will be they have proof of work in the sense where they mine that oh actually you know what this explanation is going to be so muddled up i need to research and come back so i don't want to say this incorrect <laughs> no, no, just so, just so 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 just from what i got from there from you it's basically like in terms of uh confirming the you know the identity or like the you know the validity of a certain block um there's a bunch of computer programs running um and, you know, a uh, program is running to see, look for three certain, you know, types of code within that block, right? Yeah, yeah. So they'll they'll mine the block, but 
Um, so like proof of work and proof of stake, uh, mm -hmm. two different ways to do it. Proof of work is one of the very old school ones. Like Finley said, okay. that, uh, Ethereum runs on Bitcoin and then proof of stake and proof of history are quicker. Right. So, and can you give us a quick definition of proof of work and proof of stake? No. <laughs> That's what I was trying to do and I realized that um, I yeah. need to do some more reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other, no stress. The interesting thing is um, obviously going to like proof of stake and all that other stuff Zach was saying, um, it's a lot less uh, energy that you need to do that. I saw an interesting graph last night that was saying, in like a in terms of like a graph like the energy right now for an ethereum transaction you could compare it to like the tallest building in the in the world but then if mm -hmm. you're looking at the ethereum 2.0 and the way they're going the energy you're going to need is going to be less than a screw so that's like the comparison mm -hmm. between how much energy you're going to need to confirm a transaction which i that's guess is the biggest backlash against the blockchain at the moment that's yeah. yeah that's interesting because then it sort of goes into elon's thing of like because he bought all that bitcoin yeah and uh then came out in a statement saying that oh, i'm not supporting it because it's not environmentally friendly because it just takes yeah. too much computer power to like you know um to you know keep that going did yeah, bitcoin take after that uh it dips a bit and then it just went straight back up of course oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Right. classic elon <laughs> you smart man um, probably sold it in one account and then yeah, bought it in another <laughs> that's what I was thinking as well um, um, okay so I want to I want to dive into sort of what makes sort of NFTs valuable and what we look for in different NFTs because a lot of people would probably be listening to this in terms of or maybe just two um, but, but some people would be listening to this thinking, okay, but how do I actually make money off this, you know, investing in NFTs and what should I be looking for? Um, because they're just JPEGs to, you know, 99% of society. So how do you, how do you know? And a lot of them are sh like really shitty, funny JPEGs. Um, so how do you know you're going to make a profit off that? And I'd love for Finley to sort of, you know, um, give us a good explanation. Yeah, well, uh, it's a very, like, answer, that question could be answered. A lot. It's a long answer. Um, I've got time. I guess, <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's, like, a few different kind of NFTs. Like, you could look at the collectibles aspect, which mm. um, are the classic uh, CryptoPunks, Bored Ape Cubs. It's just, like, a, it's, it's 10,000 different, avatars i guess that people can put as their twitter handles like you see steph curry and all those basketballers now buying board apes mm. they're putting them as their profile picture um and then obviously you've got uh, like the artists releasing their own artwork that you can buy into um and then there's just other stupid stuff like there's a lot of there's all these little jpegs selling right now where they're just words um <laughs> literally they're just like 10 words on a on a black piece of paper and people are spending like three thousand on it um, yeah but from the outside that that may look stupid but mm -hmm. the more you do your research and i guess that's where everything on this space comes in like do your research before i guess you shit all over it um mm -hmm. uh or buy into it do your research before you buy into it as well but um, the whole concept behind 
what you're buying is kind of what you're buying it for. So you're not buying it for its JPEG sense. Um, you're buying it in hopes that obviously it, it, it goes up in value, but there's mm. a lot of these projects coming out now which offer you perks and benefits for buying them. Like it's your ticket into, I guess, an exclusive club. Right, um, okay. And, and when you look at, an NFT collectible, like there's 10,000 of them, but you see most of them only have like 4,000 unique holders. So out of 7 billion people in the world, you're part of a such a small club that gives mm. you, I guess, perks. Like you look at the world of women one, they've got little benefits in, in there for owning some of their NFT collectibles where you earn royalties on all the secondary sales. Um, mm. You get to choose on all on all secondary sales. Yeah, so there's only so out of the ten thousand, there's only a certain they have like three different clubs. It's mm -hmm. like the royalties club, the investors club, and the curators club. Um, and the royalties club gives you fifty percent of all secondary sales. So, world of women get four percent, which means that all the people that are a part of that club get two percent of all secondary sales. Right. Okay. Um. And then the curators club, they get to choose a piece of NFT art below a certain price for mm. the world of women fund to invest in. So the money they're getting, they're kind of reinvesting it back into um, projects done by women on the blockchain. That's mm -hmm. why it's called world of women. Right. Um, okay. And then the profits made by those investments go to the, investors club they get distributed to the members of the investors club mm -hmm. which when you break it down like that you compare that to people thinking oh, i'm just buying a jpeg you're not yeah. really just buying a jpeg you're getting all this other stuff from it just right a okay a quick okay, question yeah. um <laughs> in relation to the investors curators and what was the other club uh royalties and royalties club is are, are those specific to the world in women NFTs or are those clubs for all sort of uh, NFT launches that there are? Yeah, it's a good question. No, that's just for the world of women, but that's just one example of, I guess, the benefits of an NFT. Like, there's a whole. You're not just releasing the artwork of an NFT. If you can incorporate some sort of um, benefits into um all the people that are buying your artwork then not only do they see value in the fact that if you mm -hmm. do have a long-term kind of play your nft will more than likely go up but they're also benefiting from it straight away yeah that's interesting so it's like not only is it art but it's implementing like a reward system within the art that you buy that you know the digital art that's the nfts yeah for sure and they're also like I guess the whole kind of what it used to be in the past, especially with like video games and stuff like that, it was you had to pay to play. Mm. Um, but now with the blockchain, it's basically allowing people to come up with, um, what is it, play to earn. So a lot of these NFTs that have been out, like I think um, – Cool cats are doing it where they're releasing a, a, a play to earn. Uh, Crypto Zero are doing play to earn. So basically, by 
taking part in their apps and the little games they're going to create, you can actually earn actual tokens, which can be obviously then be um, transferred to real money. But whoa, 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 whoa. okay, so like Axie Infinity at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So Axie Infinity were like one of the first ones, um, and all these other ones now they're releasing the they call it a DApp, so D App. Mm. Um, so just decentralized app. Yeah, decentralized app. Um, right. So let me let me get this clear, just for me and my Neanderthalic mind. Uh, so they're releasing these NFTs, and if you have one of these NFTs in terms of the video in in association with a sort of video game on you know um, that's included in decentralized finance, that you can play to earn certain tokens within that video game that actually can be exchangeable for real world money. Yeah, so obviously it's a very new kind of concept and all these NFTs have been released. Mm. Uh, exploring it now. So, um, yeah, so I, I guess. Let's, let's say, have, let's say in, the, in, the, in the future, say, you know, Grand Theft Auto, there's like a drop, right? And they've dropped their new game. Or something like that. And if you get one of the, you know, if you invest, let's say they release, you know, 10,000 NFTs and they're on the, you know, the decentralized market. Um, if you have one of those NFTs, does that mean you're capable of like, you know, going around shooting people and earning money? Yeah. So I guess like let's relate it to something like Fortnite because that's okay. just something a lot of people know. Um, okay. Obviously they've got all their kind of, skins uh that you can put on your character and what you'll probably see in the future is they'll probably release their own coin on the blockchain uh linked to whichever um, chain they want to link it to ethereum Solana, whatever they want to do but yeah. so you'll buy their coin with solana or ethereum um which you can then buy someone's skin mm-hmm so then that person's getting whatever their Fortnite coin will be, which they can then trade back to Ethereum or, right. or whatever it's on. So it's just something as simple as that. Yeah. Um, but people are releasing in games related to it. So like CryptoZoo, um, mm. if you actually take the time to hatch their eggs and breed them together to make different animals of different rarities, you get money from just taking part in the game, I guess. It's, it's very complicated um, yeah. and I'm not explaining it too well because obviously I'm also learning about relatively- Basically, oh. we're not all experts on the field, but we're like three minds trying to, you know, conjugate into... In yeah, we're interested. Three minds, three yeah. minds trying to conjugate into one that may know a little bit about NFTs. Um, yeah. And you know all that, all that jazz. Yeah, <laughs> um, I have a quick yeah. question for Finley, if that's all right, Lando. Go for it, Zach. Go for it. Um, so obviously, you've been in this NFT space longer than either of us, in the sense where mm-hmm. like it's been what you've like, lived and breathed for the past couple of months. Yeah. Um, if you, you personally, I suppose two prong question. What resources do you recommend for someone getting into NFTs just to learn about the basics from like uh, beginner, intermediate, advanced? 
And how do you conduct due diligence on your NFTs that you think are going to appreciate that you'll then sell at a profit? Yeah, it's a good question because I guess the most important thing about all of this is the kind of research you do. Like I wouldn't suggest to just find someone who knows a bit about NFTs and just go off what they say. Um, yeah, definitely know it for I yourself. Do. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's websites like raritytools.io. Um, open I'm just Seas, pulling my notes up really quick. Yeah. <laughs> I can send it in the chat as well after. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. RarityTools.io is, it, it kind of just shows the top um, collections at the moment and, and their trading volume and how popular they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the other thing I forgot to mention. Like, it's not the NFT collections, a quick side note here, the NFT collections of 10,000 or however many they are. They've got different traits about them so the way you make these nft collections is from a design standpoint you have like different layers so you could have like a hat you could have a bucket hat um you could have different layers for the eyes so all these ten thousand different ones they're all unique um and obviously the the better they look or or what the creator deems to be rarer they've got what they call like a metadata link to it so the most expensive ones obviously are going to be the rarest ones. Um, and that, that's something like rarity tools. Like if the NFT mm-hmm. collection is on rarity tools, you can actually see the rarest ones ranked from one to the lowest one they'll be. Um, so that's, I guess, is good for that as well. Um, OpenSea is like the market for Ethereum and you can go on to there and you can see the top trending ones. Um, but I guess like the main, if you do want to get into this and actually, I guess, see benefits from it, you do have to spend your time on Twitter and discord, which I guess they're like the, the hub for NFTs. Um, so Twitter is like, you can follow a lot of people that know stuff about NFTs to get little bits of information, do your research on there. Um, you can actually follow the, um, the NFT collections themselves. Mm. But then Discord is kind of like, I guess it's really just like a Facebook chat, but it's got, so let's say like Crypto Dads, for example, they've got like a little community. Um, that's, like a, that's like a bunch of NFTs, correct? Just confirming for those who don't know. What's that? Uh, that's crypto dads is like a whole bunch of nfts like an yeah crypto dads is an nft collection there's ten thousand different looking dads um but like the whole community behind the project is what makes nfts so exciting so if you wanted to experience it for yourself you look up these nfts you can go on their website or even on OpenSea. if you do click into the collections it's got a link for their website and their discord at the top right and if you jump into their discords, I guess you can really see the power of communities behind NFTs and the excitement behind it. Um, um, like Crypto Dads is a good one. Obviously, Board Ape Yacht Clubs have a lot of people in it. Right. But all these kind of NFTs, they build their communities on um, Discord. Yeah, um, and they can have like different servers in the Discord where you can talk about different things. 
Right. Um, you can get a lot of uh, good information from people, but I guess be careful on the discourse because then you get a lot of people. I mean, just trying to get hype like, it up and oh, I'm trying to hype it up. You like get five to up. ten people each day trying to pawn off their own collections, trying to scam you. <laughs> That's the other thing yeah. as well. As good as it and as exciting as this space is, there's a lot of, I guess, scammers out there. So. If you do want to get into it, be careful. Like no one's going to give you free money. No, if if someone asks you to buy something off OpenSea, saying it's a limited collection, it's not a limited collection. They're just scamming you. <laughs> well, that's a very important note. So would would you say, Finley, um, one of the most important things about potentially investing into a into an NFT or an NFT? Um, uh, you know, collectives such as you know, crypto dads or something like that is the strength of the community within Discord. Yeah, so I guess there's like there's a few aspects um, when I look at uh, which NFT collectibles I want to invest in. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when I first started, I tended to just look at the numbers in the Discord. But the more you actually are active in the Discords, the more you can see like the marketing come into play where they do invite contests. So like the most people you invite, you can win a free NFT. And I guess then that's not um, genuine traffic mm. in the discord. So you could have like 30,000 people in the discord, but there's only like three or 4,000 that are actually invested in the idea. So right. spend your time in discord and see whether it's genuine traffic or not before you just look at the numbers in the server. Um yeah do your research on the website of the actual NFT and look into who's created it and what they've kind of done before. Mm. Um, And I guess from a designer's aspect, one of the the main things I'd probably look at is how good the NFT looks, because at the end of the day, if I buy an NFT, that's not necessarily performing well, but I like the look of it, then I'm happy to hold on to it. Mm. And, And I don't necessarily mind if it goes down because I like the NFT at the end of the day. Right. And this is and this is one of the questions Zach and I sort of touched on lastly on our podcast. But I think with in terms of NFTs and the actual art, like a lot of the things that have been selling for the I think the main the main interest that it has to the general public is that they would spend 24 million on an eight-bit man smoking a joint. JPEG, right? And as a piece of art, it does, it's not really that, you know, um, extravagant or something you would think someone would spend 24 million on. Um, so I, I have my own theories on that last sort of uh, chat I had with Zach, but Finley, could you, and or Zach, if you want to chime in, um, could you give us like an explanation as to, like, obviously you were talking about the, you know, the quality of art just then, but for, you know, um, for the crypto dudes, especially, you know, it's not exactly hard to make one, um, but they're selling for so much. Could you explain as to why they're so valuable? Is that the crypto punks you're talking about? Yeah. The crypto punks. Yeah. Crypto dudes. Crypto dudes. <laughs> crypto dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Such a um, um, I guess like being a collectibles, like it's, kind of plays into the market of i guess collect like people collecting things in real life mm. the reason kind of crypto punks is as big as it is is because it was one of the first collectibles in nfts ever so 
the kind of the NFT collections you're seeing now that are worth like a hundred thousand to like mm-hmm. a minimum one you can buy, they're the first ones to do. Um, I guess the CryptoPunks are the first NFTs, and then you're seeing like the other ones, like Bored Apes, take off. Mm-hmm. Um, World of Women will be another big one because of their idea that they put behind their NFTs. So we'll be one of the first ones to do that. Mm. So I guess like the reason CryptoPunks is big is you're paying for a slice of history, really. Like when you look at um, just art collecting in general, when you look back Mm. to, I mean, you've been to a few art galleries where people have paid like millions and millions of dollars for like a picture of a square. Like someone's just painted a yellow square on a canvas, but yet someone's paid millions of dollars for it because it was one of the first. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. And because of the story behind that painting in it being like, you know, a Rothko painting of, you know, him being a. Yeah. I mean, you know, some of them don't have any story behind them apart from the fact that it was a dude in the studio wanting to paint a yellow square just to Mm. shit all over all the other pictures in the art gallery. Mm. But yet someone finds that funny and there's going to be NFT collections coming out. Like now you're seeing the, the words on a black square that are selling for thousands of dollars. <laughs> people are buying it because one, they've mm. got the money for it. And two, it's funny. Like people are looking at it going, why would you do that? Why not? That's the internet, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. I remember saying, um, I was on OpenSea, yes, uh, not yesterday, actually, a couple of days ago, just mm-hmm. scrolling through, and there were some interesting ones. Um, I was having a look at some Aussie ones. Uh, it was sort of a release of all these different types of chickens with all sort of all of those traits that Finley was talking about earlier. Some had hats, some had this, and there was one. It was just like these eight-bit chickens. One was drinking a VB and punching a dart, and <laughs> that one as like an eight bit chicken was priced at I think five to 10 times all the other ones. Yeah. Like obviously like Kimmy was saying earlier, someone's got to find that funny. I mean, I bloody well found it funny um, <laughs> and they're, they're going to pay for it. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like a meme in a way you're, you're paying for a meme that other yeah. people, you know, other people are going to come across and find it funny. Yeah. Um, you're quite literally investing in humor. Yeah. Yeah. You, you really are. <laughs> But I guess be careful because there's a lot of, I guess, will the classic NFT right now is just releasing a cute, funny animal and you're releasing 10,000 different ones of them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, No, I definitely, I definitely feel you there. And at the moment, NFT space is pretty heavily concentrated on, you know, digital art, but it's sort of slowly making its way, making its way to, you know, um, music and every and different um, forms of art. Uh, I'm wondering if I could hear maybe, you know, some both of your theories on how far this technology could go in terms of, you know, advancing artists and really, you know, cutting out the middleman in terms of, um, you know, studio executives or, you know, record labels taking, you know, uh, hefty, hefty fees for the artist's creation just to distribute it properly to the right distributors to get it to the consumer? Um, I think, I don't think I'll ever fully replace it because there's always going to be such huge demand for music, but I can definitely see it putting a lot of power back into the hands of the creators and the artists in Mm. the sense where if they make a demo, 
they can sell that as an NFT and then attach a lot of those perks and benefits that Finley was talking about earlier in relation to the World in Women um, NFTs. But mm. just to theirs, they can release that demo, put the power back in the creator's hands, give content to their fans, and then potentially attach perks. Like, I don't know, for a certain NFT, just infinite um, tickets for upcoming concerts if you're in the country. Just show them yeah. the NFT and get that in. Um, like for reference on that, I know Gary Vaynerchuk was considering releasing an NFT in one of his podcasts. He was talking about how one of the perks that's going to be attached to that NFT is that that person could come front row at any of his keynote speeches whenever they're nearby. All they have to do is show that NFT upon entry and they'll yeah. let him in. Wow. Like, there's a he's lot actually, of- He's actually released, I don't know if you've seen it, Zach, but he did release that NFT. Uh, that okay, NFT. yeah. It's called uh, B Friends. Um, let me just let me look up the price it is for one right now. Um, it, it's pretty funny. That's interesting. Um, I think fourteen point nine nine ETH is the cheapest one you can buy. Fourteen point nine nine, which is seventy thousand Australian dollars. Yeah. How much is one and of the- oh, okay, Let me. Yeah. That's a, is that the floor price? Is that the floor price? Uh, yes. That oh is the God. floor price. Let me just and for the and for those who and for those who don't know, in terms of you know, um, just that for the definition of a floor price, floor price is basically the lowest price that you can get a certain collectible for, which mm-hmm. is something I found out through Finley, and I'm just pawning off that knowledge as my own. So, if you have a look at the chat, that's what a V friend mm-hmm. looks like. Just one of them, right? Interesting. We'll put that. Okay. In, um, Right. Oh, right. Interesting. So just like it. So basically for those who obviously can't see, because, you know, this is a audio podcast, it's like a little five-year-old is drawing a squirrel. Um, (laughs) 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 Um, I guess like the, the, the good thing about that is I guess Gary's just showing what you could really do with an NFT. Like the reason Mm -hmm. it's $70,000 is because one, you're getting a ticket into his, little private club and i mean mm. whatever that guy says just turns to gold so yep. to mm. be a part of that club you're not only benefiting from the v friend itself because it's more than likely gonna go up in value because he's a long-term player but you're also getting the inside scoop on all this other information that not many people know mm. um and there's and been then- a few nfts released where if you're a holder of a v friend you can mint it for free just because of the power gary has now can you what, explain what minting an nft is please? yeah please play i was just about to ask that as well um minting an nft is like um so if you've got a collection of ten thousand of them the primary sale when you if you manage to buy one of however many there are when you first buy it, you're kind of minting it. So it's like an official mint on the NFT that kind of verifies. Also like starting the bloodline of the NFT. Yeah, yeah. So when you're buying a secondary sale, you're just buying the minted NFT. You're buying the official NFT. Um, Okay. So when they're initially released, they're not minted. It's just that first purchaser. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure. Um, I guess when you're buying it, um, on the primary sale, you're minting it. That's what they kind of call it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so, with the uh, 
I'd love to hear more of your theories on the legal side of the NFT, Zach. Like, obviously, there's a lot of, you know, because a lot of these NFTs are selling for, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars. Mm. And um, lastly, we came up with, you came up with a sort of idea on that being a form of, you know, maybe tax evasion for the super elite. Um, I'm just wondering as to, you know, your, if you've had any, if you've done any more research on that or, what are your theories on that? I, I've done a little bit more research. It wasn't in relation to NFTs. It was in relation to tax evasion for art generally. Right. Um, and so it's, it, it, I'd say it's more tax avoidance than tax evasion, but you can see mm. like from what I can tell from art tax evasion, it's more of the case of not avoiding tax completely, but making like say purchasing a certain artwork and then selling that artwork, making that be a capital gains tax event rather than that main part of your personal income. So mm-hmm. if that's a CGT event, it's taxed at a lower marginal rate, depending on whether or not you're a company or a person, mm-hmm. than it would be if it was part of your like income. So I could see if if you were a and there's there's a point in the ATO's sort of like practice notes and guidance notes Mm. where they say if you are trading consistently whether it be just standard securities or cryptocurrencies that becomes your main form of income Mm -hmm. if trading so cryptocurrencies and nfts is your or cryptocurrencies rather is your main form of income i could see potentially converting those cryptocurrency gains into nfts that you think will appreciate then selling them you won't be taxed at and this is just from what I can tell, because there's no guidance on NFTs by the ATO yet. Yeah, um, I could see that that would be a way to incur capital gains tax rather than personal income tax. So mm-hmm. you'd be able to, depending on how much you make in a year, cop a significant reduction in taxable income or tax you'd have to pay on that CGT asset being the NFT. Mm-hmm. But once again, the ATO hasn't provided any guidance on it. They've, they've done well with cryptocurrencies mm-hmm. but that's about it at the moment right interesting so there's um, obviously still a lot more regulation to come in terms of you know the ato yeah figuring out what to do with that <clears throat> yeah because the, the, the ato taxes all cryptocurrency transactions as capital gains uh, events so if you transfer like if you make money on bitcoin then sell it that's going to be cgt if you sell a cryptocurrency for a cryptocurrency that's going to be a cgt event and then obviously if you're only trading cryptocurrencies it's going to be um, taxed as personal income but yeah it'll be interesting to see how the space develops mm. yeah sick sick that um, is yeah fire out go on zach sorry one quick thing, actually, the thought just came to me then, so it's not going to be too well thought out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've noticed a lot of people, especially with the NFTs at the moment, or a lot of like media pundits and journalists are saying that it's sort of rife for, um, let's just say like racketeering and rife for no gooders to come on and use these cryptocurrencies and NFTs as a means of sort of pushing the own agendas like to keep it very very uh vague just Mm. to do illegal stuff let's say yeah um one one it doesn't look like they're taking into account like a lot of these or every blockchain by definition of being a blockchain 
it's immutable mm. for the most part. So it cannot be changed. There's always going to be a record of what wallet addresses have done on a blockchain. So no matter what you get up to, like I know even the FBI and the um, maybe not the DEA, but the FBI say that the blockchain was a blessing because mm. all these criminals, cyber criminals, whatever you want to call them, who thought that the fact that it was decentralized means they could get away with everything was a blessing to them because they can always trace back these wallet addresses. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. To transactions. Yeah. And even though there's like wallet tumblers and whatnot, they can still somehow, I don't know, it's FBI internal tech, they can track where these coins go and where they come from. Hmm. So, yeah, I think that there is regulation around it, but it'll be interesting to see how it develops in the upcoming years. And bringing it back to what you said earlier about artists, like there's going to have to be regulation because I could see NFTs becoming like an everyday part of life. Mm-hmm. So they could, they could do anything. Um, like say if you get a car, and you want to verify that that car is yours, maybe Suzuki should just give you an NFT that you store in your wallet. Say, hey, yeah, that's my car. Check this NFT. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Like, it has, has a lot of real-world, you know, applications. And I was doing a little bit of research uh, last night, of course, on the, um, on the industry that I'm most interested in, which is the film industry and how that could be affected by the NFTs. And obviously, you know, I don't think the technology is there yet in terms of, you know, distributing um, films and, you know, making you know, money, money from that as of yet. And the different conversations that I've had with uh, other film mates and people who work on the blockchain, but it's really exciting for independent artists because, you know, mm. let's say, let's say Martin Scorsese is like a 25 year old uh, now uh, develops like a short film has no budget for whatever, maybe 500 bucks that he saved up develops a short film films it. And the best chance he's got of, you know, making money from that is just putting it on YouTube and you'll make, maybe if it's good, you get, you know, maybe a hundred thousand views and, 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 and make like, you know, $2 from it. But I think in the future, in terms of having that as a possible NFT is a whole new way for, you know, filmmakers to make money from that. And it's like a new form of like capital raising. Exactly, exactly. And especially for filmmakers and actors alike, right, which is the thing I find most interesting, there's a lot of barriers you need to break to get towards the general public to get your film out there because it's so heavily reliant on marketing and yeah. you know, whether it's won awards at different film festivals and things like that. But if people are actually just interested in you as an actor or a filmmaker, they won't anymore have to... Um, be like oh he's won at Sundance and it's done this and it's done this so then you know uh, Warner Brothers Studios will invest you know fifty thousand dollars into marketing to get your film out there to everyone whereas yeah. now if people can just buy the NFT they can invest in you as a filmmaker right yeah. it's a um it's a good point and it kind of links back to what Zach was saying earlier where it's putting the power back in the creator's hand because mm. what you were saying Orlando like now if you did want to kind of get your name out there, you'd upload it to YouTube and really YouTube are kind of, I guess the middleman that are profiting the most off of you uploading that video. They're getting all that money and ad revenue because of your video, but you're not seeing much of that. So it's kind of cutting out 
the platforms like uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, and it's going straight to the artists, which for as for a creative person like you and I, like it's definitely, definitely something to be excited by for the future. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I mean, right now it's very hard to pick where, you know, and I think the the notion, sorry, I'll just track back. I think the notion of how, you know, previous creatives come up is through like a lot of luck and talent and hard work, but it's also a lot of people opening the doors for them in terms of big studio executives or, you know, record labels that are giving artists the ability to distribute their music to the, you know, the wider generation. I mean, Spotify at the moment, you can't even have a single on there unless you have, you know, a distributor or a record label behind you. Actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can release podcasts, no worries. But in terms of actual music, you need a distributor and a record label. Um, and a lot of those gatekeepers obviously making a lot of money off these artists. But I think in terms of the, you know, the NFT, not only is like, oh, I've got this little, you know, video that, you know, someone who no one knows made. It's like, no, I think this is, you know, that good or Finley's arts, that good or Orlando's movies, that good, that they're going to get better and better. And this will appreciate over time. Because, I mean, how much would someone pay for Leonardo DiCaprio's first short film or, you know, Pablo Picasso's, you know, um, one of paintings from when he was, you know, 22? It's actually a really good point. I didn't consider that. But I assume like most people have. I just didn't realize it till now that it's like you can also, while you're investing in the art itself, mm. you're also investing in like the appreciation of the artist. Mm-hmm. Like like you said, I, I just never considered that. The fact that you made, like say you make a short film and release it on OpenSea as an NFT or like a GIF or whatever it may be. So I'm biased. It's like, oh, that looks cool. Then skip to 10 years later, forget about it. You're an internationally renowned actor. And you've got yeah. the very first short film that's got a self squillion. Yeah, that's it. That's so why really- you, um, that's why doing like your research, especially if there's any NFT, whether it be um, video, music, or collectible, if the person you're investing in is kind of a long term player, it's a much safer bet because, especially if it's their first NFT, like let's say Orlando does his first nft short film and he somehow turns that um into something people can buy on the blockchain if he blows up in 10 years people are going to look back and go shit this was his first nft it's going to be worth a whole lot more than when he first released it Mm. and even better right you can uh you could keep those let's say you know finley um releases you, you release your first bunch of you know nft art right and 10 years later, you're, you know, regarded as, you know, one of the best digital artists out there. You can keep uh, like a whole bunch, like you can keep maybe, let's say you release 10,000 collectibles. You can keep 2,000 for yourself and release 8,000 out to the general public. And then as you appreciate over time, you can keep that, uh, those collectibles and sell them if you need money over time as well. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, Obviously, when you do release NFTs, there's got to be some sort of, I guess, transparency into how many NFTs you're keeping for yourself. Because I guess that's the other thing. A lot Mm. of these benefits and perks that all these people are bringing out with, like at the end of the day, it's just their word. Like you see a lot Mm. of people say, I'm only keeping 200 when actually they've kept 2,000 or released it to their closest friends or Mm. 
they sell all 10,000 NFTs because people think they're getting all these perks and then they could easily just transfer the money to another wallet and never be seen again. Yeah. So I guess transparency, yes, you can definitely keep 2,000 for yourself if you wanted to, but mm-hmm. you're don't forget, as the creator, you're also benefiting from other people winning, which is the most exciting thing about this whole community NFT thing is... Mm there's a lot of space for multiple people to win. So if you're releasing all your NFTs, but you're only keeping one or two, you're still Mm -hmm. winning when other people win as well because you're getting royalties. People are going to want to buy into your project more because other people are winning as well. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, Just something quickly, sort of an addendum, not really addendum, maybe a side note to that. Um, You, you, you trade on OpenSea a lot, don't you, for me? Or like that's your main, would you say that's your main exchange for trading NFTs? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah. Um, I heard, so, uh, not heard, read something interesting about OpenSea. There was a, um, oh, I'm trying to remember his name, it was a couple of days ago, something Chastain, maybe like Nate or Nick Chastain, who was a head of product or head of something at OpenSea. He he didn't get done for insider trading but what happened was he allegedly knew what nfts were going to go to the front page of OpenSea because it has that front page of certain nfts mm-hmm. yeah he knew what was going to go there before it happens and so he would buy some of those nfts then they would go on the front page and obviously the prices would skyrocket then he'd sell them off and while I think the article I read said there was no sort of regulation in that space, it also said that OpenSea instantly cracked down on you, like just cracked the whip, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it didn't sort of outline what happened to him, but from my understanding, it wasn't good. Yeah, well, so, that's the interesting thing because we talk about like it's cutting out the middleman, but then you see apps like OpenSea I might be completely wrong here, but I think they take like a little portion of the transaction fee. I mean, I definitely know they take a portion of the secondary sale because you're using their, um, I guess you're using their market, but I guess in a way they kind of are the middleman taking a lot of the money. Mm. Yeah, that that has to be. The only way to remove it would be like a wallet to wallet transaction. Yeah. Which you can do, like you can definitely mint straight through the contract if you know how. Mm. Um, you there's can a- mint straight through the smart contract. But yeah, there's always going to be those marketplaces like OpenSea. And I know for a fact they'd be making an absolute killing. Yeah. Otherwise, what's the point for them operating? Yeah, exactly. Mm. But, but um, in that, like mm. even if they are making a killing, like they're, I guess they're giving the opportunity for other people to, like, it's not like they're robbing other people, you know what I mean? Like, yes, no. they'll be making a lot more than other people, but it does give the opportunity for people like us to make a lot of money as well. Yeah, because they're providing that exchange there for everyone yeah. to go on and look at. Yeah, it will just be interesting to see, though, how far that's taken. Like, will these big companies, like there's, I guess, OpenSea, will you see people like Facebook, um, try and come into the crypto market 
And will it go too far in terms of them exploiting too much of the money? Like it will be interesting to see whether, um, I guess, the legitimacy of uh, of crypto and how decentralized is it will eventually over time, will it become more centralized? It'll be an interesting thing to see. Yeah, that is an interesting point. Um, do you think that there's any like virtual, like, cause I'm just, I'm just, coming at it from you know as a complete simpleton here but is there like virtual reality components that could possibly be exploited within the nft market in the future i think for sure yeah there's a few um nfts now i was looking into one the other day i can't remember what it was called but when you buy an nft in their actual DAP, so their decentralized app, it gives you like a slot of land. So they've created their own like virtual world hmm. where buying an NFT that's a character picture also gives you a, a, a land spot on in their world. And I think you definitely will see that VR stuff kind of linked into it. Hmm. Any thoughts, Zach? Um. I'll be honest, there's probably an articulate and intelligent point to make, but I was just drawing parallels to Farmville because you said plot of land. Yeah. <laughs> I was just imagining buying an NFT, then getting my own little Farmville plot, sticking on my virtual reality glasses, going there, maybe seeing if I can get any rainbow eggs or whatever it was I used to do back on Farmville in the day. But it, it, it's, it's interesting. Cool. Like there, there's definitely applications for NFTs that no one's thought of yet. We just have to wait for it to come. I'll become rather sort of like more homogenous around the world once everyone mm. understands it probably to the extent that a lot of people understand blockchain now or a lot of lot more people understand blockchain now um yeah. that's when we'll see applications for oh. nfts that we didn't even think were possible yeah yeah i mean like people like pokemon and fortnite like the the big applications now you see that are um you have to pay to play them they will eventually be forced into I guess the blockchain and how big it's going to become. But imagine if there's like Pokemon, I mean, it's just inevitable that they'll eventually release an oh, NFT yeah. because it's just the nature of mm. Pokemon. Like you have your little animals, you can take part in the game, you can collect other animals. I mean, imagine Pokemon incorporate some sort of VR where you can chuck your VR goggles on and you're running around the map collecting all just, these different nft collectibles NFT that earn yeah. you money as well like real life money and i suppose generally because pokemon started off as trading cards pretty much yeah. just the physical equivalent of an nft have, yeah. they, have they released anything has nintendo released any uh, nfts i don't know if nintendo have but um pokemon definitely haven't i was listening to the podcast that um, Gary V did with Banks yesterday and they were talking about mm. um, the fact that Pokemon doing an NFT is inevitable but will they screw it up or not because obviously it's a very complicated I guess mm. thing to get right and people are going to expect big things from Pokemon but I don't see them failing at it like it's just it's such a fascinating world that's going to be coming up because of the blockchain yeah it'll be interesting yeah, to see how it progresses the next couple of years like it's gonna be oh, yeah, for sure 
Um, Zach, obviously, you know, Finley and I can see some, uh, you know, respective links in terms of how we can use NFTs to sort of benefit our career. But do you think there could be any like real world applications in terms of, you know, litigation? Very wayward um, question, I know, but yeah, no, know. no, no. I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Um, obviously, like I said earlier, it's there, there'll be applications for NFTs that we haven't thought of yet. There, there'll mm-hmm. be thousands. Um, in respect of litigation, uh, the only thing I can think of, like coming off the top of my head, um, I'll keep this brief. So w- when you file documents with the court, you get a court seal saying that this is the original document. This is the like the first one and it's required for certain proceedings if you appeal it you need the original documents i could see maybe if like nft processes in the next decade or so became not subsidized but like everything costs less because we become so efficient at it if you were stamping court documents and making originals you could put an nft on there not necessarily like an nft in the sense where it's like a cute little eight bit chicken punching a dart <laughs> like just a um just an nft court seal with the time and saying mm. that yes that is like we may not even need physical originals in the future because mm. law at the moment especially with covid it's it's expedited it a lot we've we're moving away from wet signatures physical signatures mm-hmm. digital signatures are now being accepted in a lot of places um, mm-hmm. by companies so i could see in the next 10 years that sort of nfts could be used as a means for potentially executing or verifying legal documents mm. and just for reference not specifically in relation to nfts but hexa which is uh australian actually maybe not australian but it's an application that australian firms use for property settlements mm-hmm. that there's talks of that and it may already be done of that becoming a like form of distributed ledger technology I'm not sure if it's a blockchain, but along those lines. So, yeah, there'd be infinite applications, but we just have to wait and see what happens. Interesting. Lots of opportunities. Definitely lots of opportunities. Um, It it can affect every every profession. Yeah, yeah. It's... it's, uh, I think, uh, especially within, you know, the creation of the internet, it's just... I think it's very, very difficult for us to understand how fast um, the human race is actually progressing in terms of, you know, things we can, you know, things we can do with this. Because, I mean, you know, we're sort of talking about it like we know what it is, but I think you're 100% right, Zach, and there's just so many other real-world applications that we really can't even fathom as to how it will become useful um, in terms of real life and yeah it's it's super interesting and i'm super you know grateful to have two great minds like you two um to to talk about them with um but do you guys have any other last questions or anything like that you'd love to talk about because otherwise i'm i'm uh, i'm i'm cooked for my questions i, guess. I have oh yeah, you go zach, zach well, my question finley. was for you finley um <laughs> okay. can you give us maybe like one or two what NFTs are you looking at at the moment? Shit. Um, what are you got my pan, baby. Shit. Let's I go. Told all, I told Atlanta this last yeah. night, but um, there's one really cool one called uh, Robotos. So it's like a robot with OS at the end. Um, and it's done by this um, really Pablo's. big illustrator. Yeah, that's sort mm. of. Um, 
and they're also like in the form of a gift so they actually move like their glasses reflect or their eyes are moving like they're real they look really cool mm-hmm. um okay oh they're sold out yeah they're sold out so you can get one on open seat um in the form oh, of yeah. nfts they're still quite cheap um for what they're gonna be but they they release like monthly airdrops where they collaborate with different artists. Um, you can see a few of the collaborations. Uh, it'll probably be on their website or on their Twitter or in the Discord. Mm. Um, but yeah, if you hold a Roboto, you get um, you'll get a free like monthly airdrop with a collaboration with an artist. And they're releasing other cool things similar to what Board Apes did with the mutant apes, where you could give them a potion that created another looking ape linked to the, your first one. Okay. Uh, Robotos are doing like a robot workshop or will be doing a robot workshop where you'll probably be able to upgrade um, the NFT you originally bought to a bigger and better robot. Mm. Um, now, just like, you, what's that? How, how did you hear about Robotos? Like how did you first get onto um, this? Was it through Discord? It would have been through Twitter and Discord for sure. Um, and then obviously when I, if you go onto my Twitter, you can see some of the people I follow. It's just a really kind of good feed to get all these people that are making good money off of it. You kind of can, um, I guess, get a gaze of what they're looking at, but definitely then go look into it more, which is what I did. And okay. as an illustrator myself, like it's definitely such a cool nft to get around um other ones dapper dinos is linked with gary v so that's definitely i think going to be a long-term player mm-hmm. um crypto dabs right now but obviously that floor price has gone through the roof yeah so good, good on you mate good on you <laughs> <laughs> um I am a big believer in crypto zoo. I was telling Orlando this morning. Um, there's a lot of kind of skepticism around it because their dev team hasn't been the most transparent. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like that's because it's such a complicated process and it's going to be one of the first dApps release. I definitely think they will get it right. And because there's a lot of skepticism at the moment, I think it will pay off to believe in the project. Um, and and they have their own coin on the Binance chain so you can buy it from PancakeSwap um, and it's relatively cheap right now Um, I did make a bit of money on that when it first came out Um, what others Um, I mean the ones that are way out of my price range obviously um, World of Women on One Force, Board Ape Yacht Clubs um and then obviously, I guess you're seeing a shift in the NFT world now where we're going from cute furry animal collectibles, but real life artists are actually releasing their own NFT collections, which mm. is cool as a designer myself. But also if you're investing in these long-term artists, then I guess there's only really one way up if they're going to be a long-term player, like I was saying before, if it's their first NFT collection. Mm. Um I could go on all day, honestly. There's so many projects that excite me. Okay. Um, what's for the listeners and myself, what, what is our, what's your Twitter for me? Um, what is my Twitter? I will go on to it now. 
It Just is for... Finley underscore ETH, E-T-H. Finley underscore ETH. And yeah. if you had to recommend some discords, maybe one or two, um, for people looking to get into NFTs, what discords would you recommend? Um, discords, definitely the Crypto Dads one, just to see, I guess, the power of community. Um, hmm. Like you can see all the different servers they've got in there. Um, dad memes, uh, cave show off where dads can just flex how good their dad cave is. Um, <laughs> crypto yeah. dad garage, they can just talk about their cars, um, gamer talk, trading talk, like just the service they've got in there are just extremely cool. Um, right. so that's definitely one. Um, just in terms of like big projects, you can look at the Cool Cats and the Board API Clubs. So they've got a pretty busy community. Um, v Friends, so Gary V's ones, he's actually quite active in there. And they've got a cool little thing on the left-hand side, Gary V Message Tracker. So you can see all of his messages that he's saying. He gives a lot of, a lot of his own knowledge on it in his own Discord, of course. Okay. Mm. Um uh, honestly, a lot of them are very kind of cool to, to look at. And and the more you get into the Discord, the more you can kind of tell whether their Discord numbers are actually authentic or not. Um, yeah. If you see a lot of people on there, I guess, talking shit about the NFT itself and how bad it is, definitely don't <laughs> get around that one. But yeah. It, yeah, it's really cool to see the power of community, especially, I guess, the Crypto Dads one is really cool. Awesome. Awesome. Um, right. Well, any other any other questions, lads? Are we all, we all fed up? Yeah, I'm ready for a bit of breakfast, I think. Yeah, same. My brain's full. Got to digest um, it all now. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, that's I it. did want to do one other thing. Um, yeah. Uh, obviously, depending on how much time you lads have, but I saw this thing on Twitter they were doing it the other day and they call it like fantasy NFT. Mm-hmm. So I want to challenge you guys to have a look on OpenSea and Rarity Tools um, mm-hmm. and, and yep. do your own research. But give yourself 100 fake Ethereum dollars to spend on OpenSea. You can buy whatever NFT you want. You can buy 100 ETH of one NFT if you think that's going to go up. But yeah. I think it'd be cool to do that and then we come back in a couple of weeks' time and see how much that's gone up or, or how much yeah. it's gone down. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm up for that. Fuck yeah, let's do it. All the, all the listeners do it as okay, well. Okay, so want. does does OpenSea um, have like a demo mode where you can use fake E? No, so just um, obviously go onto it. Um, and I guess like the main thing we'll probably deal with is floor prices, I guess. So... Mm. If like a crypto dad's floor price is two ETH, if you wanted to, you could buy 50 of those and that would be 100 ETH saved up and put it in an Excel spreadsheet. Actually, I'll make uh, a yeah. shared one. I'll make a shared Excel spreadsheet um, okay. and we can all plug in our different NFTs that are, are going to amount to 100 ETH and we'll come back in a couple of weeks and see. And see who won. Yeah, fuck that sounds perfect. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Um, thank you so much, lads, for jumping on and, uh, you know, just teaching me uh, a lot about NFTs and my Neanderthalic brain. I really appreciate it. Um, and uh, till next time. Hey? Right? My pleasure.
I loved every second of this. Thanks, lads. All right. Have a good one, lads. See ya. Enjoy.